Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we are back. Episode 57 of the Hibs Ramble. Better late than never. Thanks so much to everyone for waiting pretty much the full week for this week's episode. Um, I am joined by the other busiest member of the Ramble. Liam, how are we doing? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, for those of you that don't know, and we'll probably hear all about it at some point on tonight's episode, Liam got married for the weekend, so he's off the market to all males and females. So, yeah. How was it, Liam? Sorry, sorry to disappoint everyone. But listen, uh, that's me, a married man now. Um, my bachelor lifestyle is over. So please, can you stop with the constant harassment of my social medias with asking me to go out on dates and stuff? Because I tell you what, I'm just going to have to stop replying. There's such a barrage of uh, of comments coming in, you know, asking me to, you know, be their significant other. But I just, I just can't do it. I'm afraid. And those are just from John and Harvey. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, listen, yeah, we're back at it again. Um, back in true Hibs form, throwing a two-goal weekend there. Liam, I don't think that you caught much of the match, if any at all. You've been super, super busy. Um, but before we get into that, just a little update to everyone on the Leaf 7 91 range. The final batch, batch three, went out over the weekend. If it's not already with you at some point this week, it will be at the early of early next week. And even our um, listeners abroad and our viewers abroad that purchased the Leaf 7 orders, there was a few that were going international. So they should be with you sooner rather than later. Liam, just before we actually get into the the match, we're we're not going to dwell on it for too long because it feels like it was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Um, But... We've obviously not really had a good chat, myself and you, about Nick Montgomery now that he's been officially announced. I know I pretty much got you on the Nick Montgomery train a few episodes back. Um, so what was your overriding thoughts and feelings once it was finally over the line and even taking into consideration everything that happened at the weekend? I was pretty chuffed, to be honest, when it got announced out of... You know, out of all the all the managers that were on the shortlist, Montgomery was probably the the most exciting appointment that we could have that we could have had. I think, um, you know, at the start of our search, I probably would have I probably would have been happy with a McInnes or a Robinson, but you know, as as it went on, and as Nick Montgomery's name got you know put into more and more articles and stuff linking him with the job, then. The more that I read about him, the more that I saw, you know, videos and stuff of him at the Mariners, the more I was convinced that he was going to be the right man for the job. And, you know, everything that he said that I've heard anyway since he's come in um, has been encouraging. Uh, I, I didn't see an awful lot of the game on Saturday, but from what I've heard is we were really, really good for an hour and kind of chucked it a wee bit. Um, you know, in the second half. So, you know, it seems like there's promising signs there. And, you know, 
it's not it's not an easy place to go, Rugby Park. No. Speaking of 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 reading up into Nick Montgomery, I'm sure obviously you would have seen his comments once he was announced. There's the ones that were pre-match as well. Speaks of a high work ethic, wanting an exciting team on the pitch, which I certainly do believe that we got for at least 45 minutes, maybe upwards of an hour, definitely 45 minutes. Um, Lewis Miller, pre-match as well, talks about the high standards that he's uh, spoke about. He's got the um, where he's, he demands respect, but he's firm around his, his approach as well. Um, high energy, and speaks about the fact that he's got the respect from the team already so early on in his tenure, which you would kind of expect from a new manager coming in the door, but it's still good to hear these kind of things. And for me, that was evident, especially right from the off. I think in the first, even before Lewis Miller got his goal, Boyle has two chances within the first five, six minutes, ones that could have, should have probably been taken, but they obviously get a goal um, from the corner. I have a very, very dominant first half, and to say we could have went in at half time, maybe three, four, or five up, you know, would it be a slight on the on the Hibs performance because we were really, really good first half. Ewan has a chance. Uh, Marshall doesn't really have anything at all to do in the first half. Well, so all the stuff that we've been speaking about and hearing about Nick Montgomery the last couple of weeks. Um, was clear to see in that first half. I think for me, um, it was just trying to go fall back into old ways, which we seem to have done. Se- seem to have done in the second half. You would have saw us when we scored that second goal, two 0 up. But because you probably weren't watching the game, you mustn't have maybe really thought that that was game over. Because watching at the time when we went 2-0 up, it looked like it was game over, that it was done and dusted. But you wouldn't have thought so. Maybe not watching it, probably typical Hibs, you would have thought 2-0, we maybe need another one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just that, that old kind of that old kind of cliche, 2-0 eh? is the most, you know, probably the most dangerous scrolling that you can have when you're leading. You know, especially away from home, if you give them a sniff at all, then, you know, give Kelly an inch, I'll take a mile, and that's exactly what they did, and you know, I think with the with the goals that they did score, they're poor goals for us to concede, but if you're a Kilmarnock fan, you're probably pretty chuffed with, with, the, with the way that they've scored and the way that they've uh, you know, they reacted by going 2-0 down, so I don't think a lot of teams are going to actually go to Kilmarnock and get an awful lot of joy this season, um, never mind be 2-0 up at, at any given point, so I think there's definitely positives to take from there, but you know, there's there's a glaring negative from that performance, and that is chucking away a two-goal lead. But I don't think that's a Nick Montgomery failing. I think that is just something that we've come to be come to be used to uh, used to uh, being Hibs fans. You know, yeah, like all and of our lives. Talking about defending and the way that we conceded those two goals and them being poor to concede. What did you make of the fact that? Um, Paul Hanlon was dropped and, and Rocky came in at, at left centre half. What was your um, at least your initial riding thought on that one? I, th- I don't. I don't actually know. I think Montgomery's obviously just trying to case the squad. He'd only had what was it, two or three days, maybe four days 
with the team before the trip to Kilmarnock. So I think it would have been, I think regardless of the 11 that he picked, Sean, um, it's not going to be, you know, the 11 that he goes with every single week. He's got to kind of get get his teeth stuck into the squad and, you know, that will just be the players who have impressed in the first couple of days in training. So I'm not going to read an awful lot into it. Um, and especially as well, with, I don't know if you're going to come on and mention it, but Joe Neal being captain um, was was uh, a surprise as well, you know, especially with David Marshall in the park. So I think it's just the fact that he's just trying to get a feel for the squad, um, make sure that he's, he's he's wanting to pick the, the players that are going to, you know, give the best in the system that he's that he's wanting to play. Yeah, I think... The surprising thing for me regarding the, the, the selection aspect of it is you're right in what you're saying that Montgomery's just feeling it, feeling out the squad, trying to see what he's got on offer. But and I'm not sure what day he would have came back, but Rocky Bashiri would have been away with Congo on international duty, mm-hmm. which for me made the decision to start him even stranger because he would have had the pretty much the full week with what would be classed as a regular back four. And I know Rocky's there's not been any confirmation or anything like that. So again, like it's not a slight on on Rocky. I think listen, I think he's he's okay in a three. I don't think he's maybe the most comfortable at the moment in a two, whether it be right or left. But I think with the type of man management skills that Nick Montgomery's got and the coaching skills of, of him and his assistant. I don't see why Rocky will potentially go on leaps and bounds if if given the right level of coaching. So hopefully that's the case. Um, it was just unfortunate, well, not unfortunate for him because for me, he's at, he's at fault in a way for both goals. But before I just quickly touch on them, how good is it for the squad and for the player himself that Dylan Venny managed to get another goal? Very important, I think. <clears throat> You know, when you're a new striker, we've seen it time and time again. You know, you can come in and make a wee bit of an instant impact, but if you don't follow that up with, you know, regular regular goals, then it, it maybe can become a wee bit difficult for you. So, you know, the fact that he's... And it was a good goal as well. It was a really nice finish. But um, I think a lot of credit has got to go to Eli Yuan for a wonderful ball through. But Dylan Venti, I mean, you spend 700 grand on a striker, you're... you're sucking that ball into the back of the net really for him but um that is is great and I think it it it'll give him a big burst of confidence and you know what's that now Deutsch, Adam Lafondra and Venti all off the mark in the league and you know eager to get goals so it's it's a good problem for Nick Montgomery to have trying to fill those one or two spots up front um with 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 a big number nine or two two number nines. Yeah, he did take it very, very well. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that he, he does give off the vibe that anywhere within that penalty area, if the ball's at his feet, it's hitting the back of the net. Do you know what I mean? And I think we seen it at the weekend there where, whether it was Lafondre or whether it was Dodge, he, well, because they pretty much both got a half each. We set up as like a 4-4-2, but that second striker was a hell of a lot deeper Doidge worked his absolute bollocks off throughout the whole of the first half and we didn't look the same when he went off, albeit 
Adam LaFondra coming on is a technically better player. And even he was sitting much, much deeper as well. Um, but we did seriously look like we were lacking something in that second half. And naturally, I, I'm not sure if once, once we got that second goal, we kind of took the foot off the gas or if we tried to sit in deep or there was a change of game plan with Josh Campbell coming on as well, which I thought was quite strange regarding the, the sub itself. But um, listen, the, just touching on their goals, you said already that they're very poor to con- very poor goals to concede. I think, unfortunately for Rocky himself, it just highlights the errors or the mistakes that he has in his game because the first one he gets dragged out wide and then he's caught sleeping and doesn't come back in and then lo and behold, the man that drags him out wide is the one that is the one that ends up scoring. So we're sleeping. Although he wasn't the only one sleeping, it's just highlighted a little bit more because he's so far out of the park. And then the second one, don't know what he's trying to do. Couldn't even comment on it. Then gives away a corner. And then Lewis Miller's at fault. And fair play to Nick Montgomery. Not in Lee Johnson style, but he does come out and say, like, you know, Lewis got it wrong. You know, fell asleep. Front post. Easy mistake to make. It's a great They are very... very, ah, He takes it very, very well, but it's easily preventable. And I think both the goals are easily preventable. And it was refreshing in the post-match press conference that he wasn't trying to highlight the negative aspect of the, the match, i.e. the throwing the two-goal lead away. He was very honest, very proud of the, the, the effort and the, the way that they implemented his game plan in such a short period of time. Um, so it's quite quite good, and I was actually quite looking forward to, to listening to him after the match, which is a, a great turnaround and recent events considering what we've had to listen to in the past. I don't know, like I quite liked Lee Johnson's post matches. I liked when he came out. I liked having a wee bingo card in, seeing what he seeing what he would come out with. he was uh, it was always interesting to listen to, but no, you're right. I think it is <laughs> it's fairly refreshing um to have a manager that, you know, even seems like they're acting as if they know what they're on about. So uh, it's not, it is pretty refreshing. And I do like what I hear from Nick Montgomery. I've not really had a chance to listen to any of the stuff from the weekend. But, you know, I've hit, like, I saw, I saw, I think it was on PLZ saying that he was, he wasn't happy with the manner in which we lost the goals. He was annoyed. But he was proud of he was proud of what he did see from the team. And I think that's important, especially as a new manager, the fact that he is not, you know, focusing on the negatives. He's taking the positives from that game, which I think there was quite a lot of positives when you when you look back on it. Um and if he focuses on name and eradicates the negatives, then we will probably go on and win the league. <laughs> No problem about it. Get the league flag. <laughs> exactly. Well, at the end of last season, I did predict a League Cup victory, so he's one win away from Hamden already. So here's hoping. But yeah, yeah. If, if he's got anything, if if we've got anything to go by using that first half performance, if that's what he's able to get us going and, and get us doing within three or four days, then he's already he even complimented the previous regime and and how well they've done in regards to getting the right level of player into the. The squad, he actually talks about Deutsch, Glonely. He talks about Gerard Tavares as well. Um, and I think 
there, both those players at some point in their Hibs career, their confidence has obviously been shot. JR probably way more so than Dwight at the moment, but it'll be interesting to see from a man, man management style how he manages those type of individuals, especially if we've got Venti and we've got Lafondre and then you've got Yuan and you've got Boyle as well. It'll be interesting to see how he can get the best of players that were maybe on, on the fringes of the squad or maybe players that were not really you know, wanted by the previous regime. Um, but I, th- I did feel like it was a nice touch to kind of touch on them as well, uh, which is which again comes back to what I was saying earlier on about being open and honest and, and refreshing as well. But moving forward, um, we are facing the first of three home matches in the next coming weeks, and we've got St Johnston at home. Um, looking forward to it, although you won't be there, Liam. Uh, I am. It's one of them ones, eh? Like it's, it's always a, a bit of a dodgy one. St Johnston at home. I can't remember the last time we beat them at home. Must have been ages ago. Nah, Seems it like wasn't. That, uh, it wasn't that long ago. I checked the, the head to head recently. I feel like it's the, it's the one that we always go two 0 up and and they get back to two two, or they go two 0 up and we get back to two two. It always feels like it ends 2-2 or 3-2 St. Johnson. Well, talking of not being that great, you are right in what you're saying. I know we beat them 4-0 last game of the season, the other season. Um, I know they beat us at home um, on that Friday night where it was like a fiver for everyone as well. The VAR Uh, game. Yeah, correct. Um, Going into the game, we have zero points from six at home. And they have one point um, from six away from home, so something's surely four, got four to give. Over it, eh? Something's got to give, and if it wasn't Nick Montgomery's second game in charge, if he wasn't fresh in the door, if it wasn't his first home game, you would understand where I'm about to go with this. So the only competitive win that St Johnston have had this season was the 22nd of July to Alloa. Excluding that game, they have had defeats to Stenhouse-Muir, Ayr and Stirling all in the League Cup. They then went on to lose to Ross County, Harps and Rangers with two draws in there with, against Celtic and Dundee. Albeit the draws against Celtic were at Celtic Park, so great result. And the Dundee one, they were 2-0 down and they brought it back to 2 all. Something we'll be hoping that doesn't happen at the weekend. So <laughs> if it wasn't Nick Montgomery's first home game, I would be saying that the writing's on the wall and I'd be put I'd be telling you to put all your honeymoon spending money and all the money that you got from the weekend for the weather and I'd be telling you to put it all on a St Johnson victory. But I feel inclined to say that's not going to be the case this weekend. I think it's just it's one of those ones, you know. I, I don't know. I, I, it's one that I can't really put my finger on. I am, there's a little bit of buoyancy about me in my mood towards it, given that it's Nick Montgomery's first home game. I think there will be a fairly decent crowd there. Um, I think a, a lot of the people who were who didn't back Lee Johnson went, oh, I'm not going until he's away. We'll come back, <laughs> hopefully, and, uh, and, and back the team. So, I think it would be a really good game to win. And I think it's a chance for Montgomery to lay down a marker. 
but at the same time we can't be too complacent and expecting that that we will win. But I don't I don't think that that's a, a trait of Nick Montgomery anyway. So um, six and a half. You you mentioned earlier on about the team selection leading into the Kilmarnock game. Talking about team selection going into the St Johnston game, um, I'd be although. Nick Montgomery said he'll take a couple of paracetamols in a couple of days and Dodge will be fine. I highly doubt he'll be involved. But um, how do you see us lining up? Because it did look like a very on paper four four two. Did look like a normal Hibs squad, albeit you know Rocky Bashiri in there alongside Will uh, Will Fish. How do you see us lining up? Something similar, or do you see because we're at home? Jago might not play and Levitt might come in or Abita might come in because we've got a lot of big games coming up mm-hmm. as well. I can't see him um, you know, going too far away from the 4-4-2. Uh, from when I did my research, I think that was his most used yeah, formation when he was at the Mariners. Yeah. That and like the 4-4-1-1, it's, it, it's the same thing basically. Isn't it? So, um. I think we'll probably see a bit of rotation in the squad. As in terms of who's going to come in, you know, blind Mick down the road has probably got as much a, a clue as I do. Um, I think it's going to be a mystery probably up until two o'clock on Saturday. Um, maybe even to the players. So I, I think it just depends on who impresses them in training. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tavares actually come in and start or get more game time than he did on Saturday. I would love I would love nothing more than a Jerry Tavares redemption arc this season. That'd be brilliant. But um no I, I think it's we just kinda need to wait with bated breath and then just kinda back them when it comes out. It's it's like that eh, when you get a new manager you just don't know really where the players stand or at least when he's been in the door a couple of months, he'll be able to tell who his favourites are and who he can rely on and who he's going to you know, lean on for certain games and lean on for you know, other games. Yeah. We touched on it earlier on about the fact that um, his assistant and how key he could be in regards to the abilities that he's got. He's obviously got that, that link to uh, Benfica Academy, where obviously uh, Jair Tavares has came from. He speaks about 17 languages. I'm sure one of them will, will be French and obviously Portuguese and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see if that little one-on-one coaching with the likes of like Rocky or Eli Yuan or Tavares can, can they come up to another level and, and see them maybe take their game to another level as well. Because even looking at Yuan, for example, as frustrating as he could be, maybe that little bit of one-on-one extra coaching from someone in his mother tongue, so to speak, could do him the world of good in regards to being able to, I uh, could maybe get across what we're looking for from the final product because sometimes he dwells on it a little bit much. Similar to Rocky, sometimes you know teams will happily let him have the ball and just let him dwell on it and then you know press everybody else and lo and behold Rocky will make a mistake. So I'm quite keen to see from a man management style between the two of them how those three individuals come on quite a bit as well. Um, both of them are known from their time at Central Coast Manors about improving young individual players as well and young foreign players so you could be right 
they could come in, play more games, and um, but yeah, listen, we're on to more important matters now. We've obviously spoke about Kilmarnock. We've now spoke about St Johnston. What everybody really wants to know, Liam, is how good were those pies at your wedding? <laughs> well, so we have I, I remember you for everyone a wedding pie review because us here at the Hibs Ramble, as everybody knows, we are committed to content. And if you follow us on the socials, you would have seen those delicious-looking little steak pies on that plate across our social media weekend. Albeit Liam did have his about 40 minutes later. They were. They were. They were were, were really good. They were were good. Um, I I remember talking to you about them. Uh, for a bit of context, Sean doesn't drink, so he will remember an awful lot more about my wedding night <laughs> than I do. Um, I do remember having a pie and saying that I was going to do a review. And I think I gave you a live review right there and then. And then I went up and got another pie and I ate it and I won it. Did I? Was that right? Aye. I didn't see you follow up uh, a, a hole in one and it was about 40 minutes after I'd had it so I'd had time to stew on it which we'll obviously go through and then you like cut me off halfway through giving it the old oh whoa, whoa, wait, 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 and then you ran over grabbed one and then you like basically went into my face and ate it right in front of me so I could <laughs> hear all the crunching and then you gave me the live review the ASMR. Um, <laughs> oh, it was it was unrivaled, unrivaled. Oh, so hilarious. yeah, for for me it was it was really really good. The crust, however, um, the rim of the pie at the top just was not sealed and not secure. So that got a yeah, big yeah, flat. Yeah, it got a one for me. Whereas yours stuck. So um, yeah, that's because mine had been lying out for a wee bit longer. I'd had time. Yeah. Farm up. Yeah. The, uh, the temperature was out, and I'd got there just as they were, just as they were plated. Um, mm-hmm. Filling initially was a five, but I'm going to bring it down to a four because it had a little bit of like tanginess in the sauce. Um, oh. it was just a bit. I don't know. Just it was a bit off, um, and price. I mean, it was a, the price was a five for me, but it goes that goes without saying because I didn't spend a penny on them. So I think that, and then what, and then what was it? Uniqueness, uniqueness is a one. It was a 10, 14, 16, which is a tremendous, tremendous result. It's a half decent score. I mean, the pine, the I could, pine would be jealous of a score like that. That's if for I sure. I could remember, really, an awful lot about the pies. I, I didn't even write down on my phone. That's how you, gave it a 15, you gave it a 15. Oh, did I? You gave it a 15, aye. That's hard. That, that, that was your total, was a 15. And that was including the fact that you weren't happy with the fact of the price that it cost you <laughs> for everyone else. Well, that's, well, hang on, it cost like what? £12.50 or something per person for the buffet. 
We were up for four we're right and up in fifty person. Like twelve fifty divided by four is what? We worked out to be about three, just over three quid a pie. Yeah, which is not, like which is not great considering there were tiny pies. Yeah. They were good though. Very good. good. I came up. Listen, I enjoyed it. And how how committed the content is that? Is having a pie membership with you at your wedding? Incredible scenes. And but, there was a leaf seven hat kicking about. Did you bring that? Uh, Mark brought it. Mark, Mark brought, brought it. Seven hat. I was kicking about wearing it. Mark brought it. Uh, I wasn't using the pod though, but uh, Mark, Mark brought it. He's not, he's not very committed to, committed to being on the pod nowadays, as young Mark, but he's committed to the, the Leaf 7 content. He loves it, man. I tell you what, see if you'd have had the Leaf 7 hat in the photo booth, you wouldn't have seen it anyway, because it's green on the green screen. And all the, all the yes. women who had the green dresses on. In the photo booth, there were just heads, like Chloe. She was just a wee head. Correct. Yeah. Just a wee head on a screen. The photos, <laughs> turned, the photos turned out well, so that's all that matters. Aye, exactly. Um, but listen, we'll move on to everyone else's final favourite part of the pod. We'll fire in with the, the listener questions. Now it's time to enter the hip Ramble listener questions. I th- I'm sure that if he's prepared... Liam is going to contribute and, and fire through them. So, listen, we were late this week due to myself and Liam being uh, super, super busy, super, super busy celebrating um, relationship statuses. So if Liam misses out your question, please feel free to send him abuse, to which he will probably respond with a selfie of his belly out on his honeymoon. <laughs> I probably will, or I'll send you a picture of my hairy legs and captioned legs or hot dogs. You're going to have so there's going to be some proper turkey spam on the hips ramble, and you're going to have to go through and delete it all. Aye. I'm just going to be using the hips ramble when I'm pissed instead of my own one, and uh, I'm going to be tweeting a, load, a whole load of crap. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to turn. I'm going to have to turn notifications on and quickly get on and delete them all. Aye. <laughs> Right, okay, so we'll start off with da, 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 John McIntosh. What is for tea, or what was for tea, because we were recording at half past ten in the evening? I had a bacon linguine. But if you'd asked me any of the two previous nights, it was steak, because I was away for my anniversary. Oh, yeah, so you better, eh? We've, we've no touched on that. Ten-year anniversary with Sean and Chloe. Well done. Well Thanks. done, Chloe, for putting up with them for ten years. Thanks, very original. Appreciate it. Yeah, very original indeed. Yeah, come on. Um, but yeah, it was a good day. You went for a wee, uh, a wee getaway in, in Glasgow, didn't you? Aye, just scrammed away the whole time. It was brilliant. What did you scram on, Sean? Uh, <laughs> this is a family show. You can't can't mention anything like that. I had lots of uh, uh, lots of, uh, lots of good cuisine. Lots of good cuisine while I was away. It was really good. How were the rims? <laughs> not as not as uh, they were a lot better than the ones that your wedding night. The pies, the ones at your wedding. I would imagine they were a lot better than my rim on <laughs> on Monday morning as well. <laughs> Moving on, what did you offer dinner? Moving on, I had um, 
so we're kind of living pure day to day at the moment because we're away on Friday. So I went to Sainsbury's today and I picked up one of the big Pizza Express oven pizzas. So we shared that and we had some spicy chicken as well. So pizza and chicken is what I had. So I'm going to be absolutely full of kebabs all next week. Play that for nothing. Next up it is Gav Dick and he says pitch was utter shite get them banned ASAP. I wonder what Nick Montgomery's thoughts were when he seen it because I could pretty much guarantee that in his playing time he wouldn't have played on one and he wouldn't have managed on or been involved in one with his time over over an honest. Do they not have any in Australia? They wouldn't need to, would they? Because it's nice weather. Nah. Nah. Um, then uh, Gav says, I'm all over the place today, man. Then Gav says, two points dropped, but for the first 60 minutes, we were a better team. Thoughts on thoughts on Jake? Does he come into contention for next week, depending on Yuan's injury? I'm assuming he's meant to say Jaya, and it's all connected to Jake. Yeah. But we've already, we've already touched on Jair and you, you've you predicted that he will start and the redemption arc will begin. Yeah, well, I hope so. I just love his hair, man. I love Jair's hair. Some boy. Um, Paul McLaren says, and this is really embarrassing to see on the hip ramble, but he says, congratulations to Liam and Megan on their wedding. Fantastic day, but who's your second favourite Scottish football team? And this is because, this is because Right, I jokingly say on my stag do <laughs> that Hearts were my second favourite team. And, and is there a way in which I can kick you off this call while keeping the recording? I, I feel like I feel like I should probably edit that out, but that is what I said on my stag because I was having a joke. But if I was to be serious, second favourite Scottish football team, I think Dunfermline. I think if Hibs were. If Hibs were in existence, I feel I would feel inclined to head in that direction as well. I, I just or, like or put myself on the waiting list for Celtic Park. <laughs> I like I do like Dunfermline. I like the 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 city. Now a city, isn't it? Um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ask your dad. There was a point night, and I don't even know if he remembers it. When he got us posing like DX the WWE and he took photos of me, you and Mark. Yeah. That's because me and Mark were doing it in the me and Mark were doing it in the photo booth. But it didn't really work because it only really captured because I was doing Shawn Michaels, like in when he's like going below uh, Triple H. So you can only really catch the top of my head. But I think Mark done it the other way about, so I want to see. I want to see those pictures. Yeah, I think he's got them. I don't have them on my phone. I hardly got any pictures. Um, right next up, Liam Riley, overrated, underrated. You like these ones, Sean, don't you? Love it, love it. Stephen Fletcher. While he was at Hibs and playing for Hibs, underrated. As soon as he left. And never since then, overrated. Stephen Glass. Underrated. Mark Brown. Underrated, because he was in a Hibs shirt when we had horrendous goalies. 
Uh, James Keatings. I think it's only natural to say underrated um, because of the players he had around him, but I'm going to say overrated. I liked Keats, eh? I really liked Keatings. Oh, so, so did I. So did I. But I think the longer that he spent on the bench and the more time he got on, he spent on the bench, the better the player he became in fans' eyes. So, like, when Stokes wasn't scoring week in, week out in the league and Cummins would miss chances, it was, oh, Cummins should start, or, sorry, Keaton should start, Keaton should start. There was talk of Keaton starting the 2016 final, which was never in contention for me because, you know, player for player, he was third in rank and, and rightly so. But the reason I say overrated is because of, in fans' eyes, the longer he spent off the field, the better the player he actually became, which obviously wasn't the case. John Hughes is a manager. I'm going to go underrated. I'm going to go underrated just purely because I love him a bit. And I, I think... About reverse screw balls and all that. I, I stand by that him getting sacked mixed with Stokes being sold was the beginning of um, the end for us in regards to leading to relegation. <laughs> That's where it started for me, was, was that it point. It probably was. It probably was. And finally, player testimonials. Overrated. Especially for yeah. a club like this. Do you remember Ken, Ian, Ian Murray had his and there was about 2,000 there, which was embarrassing. Ken, the ones that I don't like, the one that's like... I like them, but I don't like them for a testimonial, like the Legends matches. I hate them, eh? Not a fan. I I, like, I don't mind that for... I mean, I, I, probably, I still probably wouldn't even go. But, like, when you see clips in that, like... Oh, Real Madrid legends were playing Arsenal legends. You see Zidane kicking about and all that. You know what I mean? Like, I think they need night. they need to be done like in moderation because like the big clubs like Bayern Munich and Man United and Liverpool and Rangers and Celtic they do like two a year every year. Do you know what I mean? And fair play, like because their fans are all riddies, they all turn up and they sell at the stadium and stuff like that. Whereas like at a club like Hibs. You couldn't do like a Hibs Legends every year. Do you know what I mean? We had the Saucy one and so they, didn't didn't even, play. they didn't even have the they didn't even have the famous five stand open, I don't think. No. So do you know what I mean? And the the sellout was pretty poor for that. I think obviously if Saucy was there it would have sold out a lot more. But for me overall, um player testimonials are, are overrated. They're a bit shy, and especially when they happen mid-season. Like, why? Oh, was it, was it Paul Hanlon's that was against Blackburn Rovers or something like that? I can't mind, but I know that UC Askelinens was against us. I uh, see what exactly. It's like, what's the what's Lewis the point? Stevenson's was against um, Sunderland. Sunderland at home. So Lewis Stevenson has his against Sunderland. Paul Hanlon has his against. Blackburn Rovers, so ultimately they're just pre-season friendlies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously I'm assuming Liam's asking this because the Hibs Man United one's been announced. 
half that Man United squad will not even be legends. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, mate, the picture was like Wes Brown, Darren Gibson. Darren Fletcher. So there's only one. There's only one legend in there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Wes Brown, great player, but he's not a Man United legend, really, is he? No, like he's no, no. He's no Vidic, he's no Ferdinand. No. It'd be funny if they, like, rocked up with Rooney, Ronaldo, Van Nistelrooy. Imagine. That'd be hilarious. Um, next up, Jeff Ashton. An encouraging start, especially the first half. Diego Doidge and Miller outstanding in that half. Second half, we seemed to run out of legs. Disappointing to draw the way we did, but this is a hard place to get something. Basically just echoing what we've said really already. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. He's right. We did look a lot different when Doidge went off as well, though. Um, Jago had a good performance, but again, probably just getting asked to do what he's good at more than anything else. That's why I'll be interested to see if he sticks with the 4-4-2 or if he brings in Levitt instead. Or Yeah, watch the space, I guess. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Harvey says, congratulations to Liam on the marriage, but can't believe I've been kicked to the curb. I'm so sorry, Harvey. We we actually did plan to... Run away together, is that what you're about to say? <laughs> no, I, I think he meant he's, he's can't believe he's been kicked to the curb because we never recorded and released on Tuesday morning, but no, we are really sorry about that. I mean, it is the second time and in a couple of weeks we've been a wee bit late but um, no it's been a very a very busy few weeks should be getting back to normal soon but um, no we are very very sorry about that sorry Harvey honestly I really am um, Billy says massive congratulations to Liam and Megan I'm loving these comments I'm loving I'm loving the attention you're going to have to go home, just Jerry. Say, You're going to have to adjust your camera to widescreen in a second because I'm barely struggling to see your head. Can everyone, can everyone every week, please just send congratulations to Liam? Just Liam. You don't even need to say, Megan. Just Liam. I'd be happy with that. I just love the attention. Uh, Billy says his question is How do we feel about players liking negative posts about Lee Johnson, criticising his formations and training? Is it disrespectful, justifiable, or is this fan service to get us on board with the new regime? Now, I don't know what he's actually. Dylan Venti basically came out. Dylan Venti basically came out and said that it's good to see that we're getting proper coaching and proper tactics rather than hoofball. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's a summary for you, basically. So <laughs> that's so funny. I mean. I think it depends what people say. Like, I think you could probably construe that as being a little bit disrespectful. But you know, if it is different, then you know, when someone's asking you what the differences are, then you're not going to lie, are you? Yeah, I think it'll be quite telling over time. Like anything, if stuff starts to come out, obviously Dylan had only been in the door a month or so. So he's not really saw Lee Johnson's like whole journey at Hibs and maybe how his coaching or his tactical or lack of tactics have transitioned or, or changed over his time in charge at Hibs. Whereas if you look at someone like maybe Joe Newell, who's been there for 
Maloney, Ross, Heckenbottom, you know, and now Johnson. It would be interesting to see what someone like him has got to say about it. Mm. And I don't think necessarily sacking the manager means that there was something wrong with that manager at that time. And there definitely was with Lee Johnson. What I'm referring to is the whole like Paul Heckenbottom situation where everyone wanted Marvin Bartley to be playing week in, week out. Lee Johnson never gave him a single minute during his tenure. And yet Marvin Bartley says that Paul Eckenbottom is the best coach that he's ever had. So it can sometimes be misconstrued depending on what each player and each individual is wanting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose so. And I think there's probably a little bit of, you know, the media wanting to get a little bit of insight into what Nick Montgomery does. So I don't think it can hurt, you know, these players coming out saying things like that. Because it will get the fans on side if they go, Oh, you know, the coaching's so much better. It'll it'll lift the mood a little bit in the fan base, and it's what we need at the moment, to be honest. The, the coaching might also just be simpler, and might just be what they need, and more, you know, refined to each individual's needs. In regards to Nick Montgomery sticking to the basics and asking Dylan Venti to do what Dylan Venti does best, rather than Lee Johnson asking Dylan Venti to drop wide into like a shadow striker role and hold the ball up and play it into an inverted fullback and overcomplicating stuff. So again, it just comes down to each individual player's, you know, interpretation of what they need. Absolutely. Uh, Rudy is saying in terms of team selection, Hanlon should have started ahead of Walkie. And I feel we'll see more of Jer this season as he's young, needs developing and I'm pretty sure he's got a connection with the assistant manager. Everything that you said, Sean. Everything that you said. Obviously, Rudy's got high football IQ, clearly. And he's also said, rate every starting player plus LaFondra out of 10 based on the performance. And I can't do that because I didn't see the game. And I don't think you can either. I think... Just give everyone a blanket system. You would... Nah, you would be struggling to give them a fair and accurate rating because of how we just, you know, just imploded in the last half an hour the only ones that would be as above a seven would maybe be Dodge for his first half performance um Jago would maybe squeeze into there but again he wasn't really overly outstanding he was just good at what he needed to do Lewis Miller would have been above a seven but then he gave away the second goal Rocky Bashiri would probably be about a five so you know, overall, it's 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 harsh. It'd be interesting to see how these players, you know, grow under Nick Montgomery more than anything else. Yeah, uh, Disco is asking, can our new manager sort out our leaky defence with the players currently at his disposable? At his disposable, at his disposal, and I think yes, he can, because when you look at you know what we what we had last season it was a pretty solid back line. So the fact that we've got the same players and I feel like we've got a fairly good chance of sorting out this leaky defence. Not had a great start to the season in terms of defending goals or keeping clean sheets, but there's a long way to go and I think the manager just needs to implement his own ideas, doesn't he? Correct, correct. And I think he will, given time, more time on the grass. Um, weirdly having three games in, at home in quick 
succession might actually be a hindrance to what he's wanting to do on the pitch. But then it might be a good thing in regards to considering how well we played in the first 45. So, if, like I said earlier on, if we can get anything near that tempo in the first, especially the first 37, 35, 35, 37 minutes, if we're able to do that in most games and do that for the majority of most games, we'll, we'll do very, very well. Callum's asking, what were your opinions on the different style of play on Saturday slash do we have the right players for it? And I think, based on what I've heard, it was more of a you know, calm, patient, patient sort of build-up, trying to pick our moments carefully. Um, I think we do have the players for it. I'm, I'm going to need to see it in person before I can really pass judgment on whether I like it or not, but I've, I do quite like that sort of patient build-up and keeping a hold of the ball um, and making and making life difficult for the opposition. I think that's where where you'll get a lot of joy, especially teams that sit back. You know, you lesser lesser teams in the division. Your Ross Counties, Livingston's teams like that are going to sit off you anyway. So that's probably going to be the style of play that we're going to need to have. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you've got the ball. You can't concede, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just about how we choose our moments correctly. And realistically, again, if we've got the ball, the opponent is going to be chasing and, and tiring themselves out trying to win it back. Um, I was very impressed with the, the, the style of play or the tempo and the mixture of tactics that Nick Montgomery you know, tried to implement at the weekend. Again, sounding like a broken record here, but in that first half, um, especially within the first half an hour. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. I do think we do have the players to, to do that as well, considering you've got the likes of Joe Newell, Dylan Levitt, you've got Boyle, you've got Yuan, and then you've got someone in that. You've, I think what's good is we've got three strikers that bring a different sort of thing to the team, but they can all play with each other and they could all play on their own with the support of... Yuan or Boyle cutting in from from either side. Um, so I think the squad that we have does play into Nick Montgomery's strengths. Yeah, and that's literally the next question. And it says, from Finlay Fraser, is this team enough for Nick's style of play? Uh, I think it is. Having, having watched Nick's teams at times and the way that he tries to get teams to set up and play... I don't see why not. I think the only issues that he will probably need to address are the issues that we've been calling out for from a fan base perspective. And it's, you know, centre half, maybe a, a six, and maybe a new left back, one that will probably challenge Lou Stevenson rather than a beat or maybe being better going forward and maybe not trusted to be a left back. But again, Nick Montgomery might trust him. So time will tell. Well, Someone has said, uh, the half Monty has said, Pish, Maloney ball for the back all over again. But it's the first game and a point away from home. Run of home games now. Let's get in a groove. Question, who goes under the bus for letting a Pish Kelly back into the game? I'm going to blame Lee Johnson. I don't, I don't know if they are raging and then they realise they're raging, so then they try and fight back against their own argument in that same question <laughs> and then they're trying to encourage themselves towards the end but then you realise <laughs> that they should be raging and then get raging again 
it's a brilliant it's a brilliant read it's tremendous it is it's really really good um i mean for well for me rocky's at fault or involved with both of their goals obviously lewis miller is directly involved with the second one but yeah unfortunately that would be that but yeah let's uh let's get in the groove as they've said absolutely and the last couple of questions we've got john told me and he says to add to my pie rating, I previously said that I had two and one was far superior. One was lovely, it was hot but not piping hot, and the filling had a fair amount of meat and then gravy. The other was soggy and the bottom fell off. There was about two bits of steak and it was cold. But I'm Ooh. absolutely glad that you had a bad pie at Kilmarnock, John. No, well, that wasn't that wasn't at that wasn't at Kelly. Or unless unless it, it was at Kelly, but what when he says he's adding his pie rating, he previously said that he had two pies. There was an episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's good to know that you listen to all of the episodes that you're not on, Liam, which is which is good, which is great. Connect to content. I just edit them. Um, John, yeah, you just edit them, I know. Um, that'll be me for the next couple of weeks, unfortunately. John basically said, and it was me, me and Craig that were on, that he had two pies. And... We were insulted that he didn't give us a rating. He just told us that he had two pies and one was better than the other. So we didn't know what the filling was. We didn't know what the rating was. We didn't know. And, and that's where... Uh, but it's good that John's came back. Yeah. It's good that John's came back and um, provided us with further details. Well, thanks for that, John. That's actually, that's actually pretty good from John to come back. You know, tail between his legs. Still no rating, though. <laughs> and I'm assuming they're both are steak. But I think so, I I think I think they they were both steak. And finally, Douglas Armstrong, he said and I, I read this one earlier on, but I'm not too sure what I would answer. Have you seen it, Sean? Uh, I've seen it, I've seen it. You've prepared a fancy meal at home for friends. Do you serve cheese after dessert or before? With bread or those shitty water biscuits you get in the UK? I'm living in France and it's strictly cheese before dessert and with bread apparently my mum will be gutted. I'm not I love it. I, Douglas, I, I absolutely love it. I I love the question. I feel like we should get more non hibs related questions or non or just questions that are not necessarily to do with the upcoming game or the previous game, so like Liam's underrated and overrated, love that kind of stuff. Or Douglas coming in with a question about how we would, how and when we would decide to have cheese. I think I it's think, a tremendous question. I think I would do cheese. I don't know. Well, I think every single time I've had cheese with a meal, it's been after dessert. But then that doesn't really make any sense does it because you're going from savoury to sweet to savoury again I think it would clearly in Douglas's situation it clearly depends on where you are on the continent because I would be with you I would feel inclined for it to be after all your scran like after the lot right at the death but then potentially you could have cheese as your cheese before everything if you wanted well or with everything or on everything, but you could have the cheese while other people are having their desserts. So you could have it at the same time. 
So I would feel mm. inclined to get the cheese out at the same time as everyone else's dessert. So then everyone's got an option. And if you want a dessert, the cheese will be there as well. Well, I know at Hibs Hospitality, at Pioneers Hospitality, they do dessert and then cheese after that. But I don't like it. Listen, I'm I'm not posh enough to know what what order the the dessert and cheese needs to come out at. I, I really don't know. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to hear that his mother is uh, gutted or will be gutted. <laughs> but hopefully she'll <laughs> be more or more or less satisfied with our answer. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're here, Sean, just before we finish, we have a little. Fantasy football update. Let's have a look. So I'd rather. I'd rather. Well, have a look at this in a while, so we'll go through the top five. There's been no change for the last couple of weeks in the top two, and that is Highways for Europe. Um, he, or they, sorry, remain top of the leaderboard with 318 points. After five game weeks, Sunny Eleven is in second, 304 points uh, after five game weeks. Up two places is ahead of the Nettle, and they are just tucked in behind Sunny Eleven uh, with 303 points. Uh, moving down to fourth is Tim ODZ16 with two, I think that's Algeria flags um, in her name. And they've got 302 points. And finishing off the top five is McGinn and Tonic, who's down from fourth last week uh, with 298 points. Um, looking at the bottom of the table, 80th is Hans Mental High Beasts. Uh, you've got 154 points, 79th, no Bojan, no party. I think that's Harvey's. I think that's Harvey Scott's team. H Scott, eighteen seventy-five, one hundred fifty-five points. Seventy-eighth, uh, Wolfish FC from the Dugmeister, and that's one hundred fifty-seven points. And seventy-seventh is Touch Grass, and they've got one hundred fifty-eight points. I love all these names, man. Well, ironically, they must be touching grass because they're clearly not on their phone picking their team and sorting it. The fantasy football. I'll tell you where I am. I'm down five spots from from last week with 214 points. I'm in 56th. That's embarrassing. I am Where are you? 56th. Big man's 34th, you know. Man, evolve you know. Nice one, down one as well. Thirty fourth, you know. But I tell you what, uh, big congratulations to Highbies for Europe because I think they've been top. Yeah, they were top last week. They were third in game week three. Um, third in game week two. Who's Viva Lerando? Is it? He's behind me for Europe has been there or thereabouts all season. So, congratulations to you so far. Top of the league for game week five, and that will 
wrap up our fantasy football update. And that will also bring us to a close on episode 57 of Allah Hibs Ramble. It's been an absolute pleasure, Sean. But I am I'm glad we got there in the end. I'll tell you what, I really hope that everyone else gets there in the end as well. That's all that matters. I hope so, mate. I hope so because I'm going to be up all night editing this. Well, that's but fine. Okay. But it's okay because I'm off to Turkey on Friday. Uh, for those of you that don't already know, Liam is going on his honeymoon and awesome. he's been married. I'm not going to shut up about it either. I'm going to eat loads of kebabs, drink loads of cocktails, and I'm going to swim in at least one swimming pool. At least one, okay. Yeah, and definitely go down a slide. Well, it would be rude of me not to wish you a terrible time, so I, ha- I hope you have the worst time possible um and i'll see you when we get back and Absolutely. probably some of the listeners because they probably will not see any of us until you get back either because the pods that will go out probably will not be video and will be audio only because it'll be myself <laughs> that are doing it so apologies. so apologies to the the youtubers or the youtube watchers should i say Listen, it'll be all right, Sean. Don't worry about it, mate. I'm not. Good. I'm glad. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you for the last hour. And I hope I hope you've you've had a lovely night talking to me as well. I I've stayed up for it. I've stayed up for it and it's been worth every minute. And I hope <laughs> that the the listeners will agree once yeah, they get I to the end of it. Right. Anyway, catching a bit. See you. Let's get ready to rumble.